presented by Kroger and Albertsons Companies. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghuman Navalan. It's Tuesday. Today's show, President Joe Biden steps in to the railroad strike. It's our Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. A quick history lesson, back in 1992, two days into a crippling railroad strike, then-Senator Joe Biden came to the Senate floor and decried the lopsided nature of federal labor laws dealing with the rail industry. Laws that he argued essentially allowed corporations, regulators, and ultimately Congress to run roughshod over workers. At the time, he said, we need to restore a measure of balance to these negotiations, before voting with just five other senators against halting the strike. 30 years later, as president, Biden is turning to those very same laws to prevent another strike and impose a tentative contract agreement that his administration brokered, but multiple rail unions voted to reject. The president said in a statement, As a proud pro-labor president, I'm reluctant to override the ratification procedures and the views of those who voted against the agreement. But in this case, where the economic impact of a shutdown would hurt millions of other working people and families, I believe Congress must use its powers to adopt this deal. Translation, it's a lot easier to be Union Joe as one senator among a hundred than it is as president of the United States, especially during the holiday shopping season and a persistent bout of inflation. People familiar with the process told us last night that Biden and his advisors determined that the risk to the economy was just too great. A strike would disrupt supply chains, including such critical goods as motor fuels and water treatment chemicals, and could ultimately cost the U.S. economy a billion dollars within a week. That's according to analysis from the Anderson Economic Group. Politico Transportation reporter Tanya Snyder captures the economic states in a story up in today's playbook. She writes, though a bitter pill for labor to swallow, enacting the agreement would put an end to the cliffhanger deadlines that have loomed every few weeks since summer and allow all manner of industries that depend on freight rail shipments to stand down from doomsday preparations. The tentative deal was struck back in September after administration officials, led by Labor Secretary Marty Walsh, helped mediate discussions between railroads and unions. It included a 24% raise by 2023 and a cap on healthcare premiums. And while it included only scant progress on workers' sick leave demands, Biden, pro-labor lawmakers, and union reps all hailed the agreement as a victory. But sealing the deal meant members of 12 different unions had to ratify the agreement by December 9th. Four unions, including the largest of the 12, voted to reject it. Until Monday, administration officials remained engaged in resolving the dispute. But Biden said in a statement that Walsh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, and Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack advised him there is no path to resolve the dispute at the bargaining table and recommended he ask Congress to impose the September deal. The move has already ruffled feathers inside the rail unions, with some suggesting that Biden failed to walk the walk despite all his pro-labor talk. One member of a union that voted down the agreement told the New York Times that Biden's move seems to cater to the oligarchs. As one former Labor Department official told us, there is a sentiment among some railroad workers that they thought the president was going to absolutely battle all the way to the end to get them exactly what they wanted. He's going to have some unhappy people. I think there's going to be some grumbling in the labor movement. The former official was hopeful that Biden's pro-union history couldn't and wouldn't be overshadowed by this one decision. But other top Democrats quickly fell into line behind Biden. Soon after the presidential statement, Speaker Nancy Pelosi promised House action this week, adding with no poison pills or changes to the negotiated terms and a strongly bipartisan vote. 
Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer stayed mum Monday night, but CNN reported that enough Republicans are expected to get behind the deal to pass it. But there's a chance any one senator could keep the chamber from acting before the December 9 deadline. All eyes are in Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, who's pushing for more sick leave in the real deal. Sanders' office did not comment on his precise position to Playbook or other media organizations. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House at 11.55 a.m. Eastern. Biden leaves D.C. to head to Freeland, Michigan, arriving at 2.05. Afterward, he'll tour the SK Siltron CSS facility in Bay City, Michigan, where he'll deliver remarks at the economy at 3.30 p.m. At 5.35, Biden will depart Freeland to head back to the White House. Vice President Kamala Harris has nothing on her public schedule. The Senate is in today, with a recess from 12.30 to 2.15 for weekly conference meetings. It'll also take up the bill to codify same-sex and interracial marriage rights, with votes expected at 3.45 p.m. The House will meet at 2 p.m. to take up several bills, with votes postponed until 6.30. And a bit of sad news from yesterday, Representative Donald McEachin died Monday at 61 from secondary effects of the colorectal cancer that he fought nearly a decade ago. A longtime former state legislator from Richmond, McEachin was just elected to a fourth House term. Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin will set a special election to replace McEachin. All right. For more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Munavalan. Have a good Tuesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Kroger's merger with Albertsons Companies will provide compelling benefits to associates, customers, and communities by establishing a more competitive alternative to large non-union retailers and expanding access to fresh, affordable food. With Albertsons Companies, Kroger will build on its track record of supporting associates by investing $1 billion to continue raising associate wages and comprehensive benefits. The companies also plan to invest $500 million to lower prices and $1.3 billion to improve the customer experience, helping customers save on products they love.